Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Courageous Beauty Podcast. This is your host, Crystal, and this is Wisdom Wednesday. So we are going to get into another episode, and this episode is called Focus or Sync. So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, you know, without faith, we we might be subjected to facts, right? And, you know, some people may say facts. What do you mean facts? So things about our situations, right, may be true. It may be exactly what's happening. So someone may, you know, point out the facts to you about your situation. But oftentimes, the facts alone doesn't produce God's vision for our lives, right? Which is why we have to walk by faith, and not by sight, because a lot of times you can see someone can state a fact and you can see the result of that fact. So but it may not necessarily produce God's vision for your life because it, you, you may be looking at it with your natural eyes, but not your spiritual eyes, which is why we have to rely on faith. Right. Because faith, our faith is not produced in what we see. It's actually in what we don't see. And when we don't see the facts that are presented to us about our situations and circumstances, then we can lean on God. We don't have to lean to our own understanding. We can acknowledge God in all our ways and he'll direct our path. Right. So if we don't focus on Jesus, we will sink like Peter. When Jesus asks, when he when he asks Jesus to prove it was him walking on the water to um, to bid him to come. Right. And Jesus said, come. So when Jesus told him to come, he got out the boat. He started walking towards Jesus. But was he walk? But I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say, was he walking on the water itself or was he walking on the word that Jesus said, come? So at some point there was some faith in Peter that he was able to just walk because his focus was on Jesus. Right. And so when Jesus said, come, he was walking on the word of Jesus. And his faith and focus were aligned at that point in time. But the moment he got distracted, his faith ceased and he began to sink, which is why Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Right. So in that moment, his faith decreased because he got distracted, whether he stopped looking at Jesus and started looking at the waves or we don't know exactly what his distraction was or what caused his faith to slip. Or maybe it was just a realization that his body was realizing that he was standing on the water and wasn't sinking, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, later on in the story, it tells us that when Jesus and Peter got in the boat after he said, oh, you little faith, the winds and the waves, the storm calmed on the sea. So it literally was as if it was an orchestrated storm to potentially see what test the temperature or the barometer of the disciples in that moment, you know, which I think is amazing because this was the story where Jesus was talking to the multitude and he had them, um, on the, on the seashore and he went alone in the boat. And then after he sent all the, uh, multitude away, he told the disciples, go ahead and go, go on across. Right. And I'll meet you guys there. And he went up on the mountain to pray. So after he prayed, he came to them walking on the water. But as he was walking on the water, the storm. Um, well, before that, the storm has started to to arise and it calls, you know, them to be pretty much stuck where they were. And so as they saw Jesus coming, some of them was like, oh, is that a ghost? Oh, is that you know, what is it? You know, and so Jesus was like, 
Lord, it, it, he said, it's, it, Jesus called out and said, it's me, you know, like, relax, y'all, it's just me. And, um, you know, they had never seen anybody walking on water. I mean, come on. And um, so Jesus was like, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. So that's where this whole scenario comes, just to give you a little backstory. You all definitely have to go and read it. But, um, but yeah, so at that point, you know, in our situation, sometimes our lives are orchestrated um, to the point where even if it's things that are happening that are, dis are that are uncomfortable, that God is allowing to maybe test the barometer of our faith to see like, OK, like, for example, Abraham, when him and, and Isaac was going up the mountain, he told the, the servant, he said, uh, me and the lad, we're going to go make a sacrifice unto God and we'll return. But it was just him and Isaac. And so they're like, like, hold on, where's the sacrifice? And so he was obedient. He told him to sacrifice some son. And so he went to do it. And God said, I know that you hear my voice and I know that you, you know, you reverent, you reverence me. And he said, stay your hand. Don't, don't lay a hand on the child. And he looks to the left and there's a ram and a horn and a thicket. But the, the caveat to that is that his faith was so strong. He had to walk by faith and not by sight. And the work that we have to do is build our relationship with God to make sure that we hear in the spirit direction. Because literally when you're walking by faith and not by sight, you're seeing in the natural where you're going, but you're going spiritually to, he said, I'm going to go to, go to a place where I'll show you, right? When he told him to first leave his country and his kin. And then the second time he's like, just go. Abram didn't, Abraham didn't know where to go to even sacrifice some son. He said, I'll know when I see it. And so there's a level of anointing that has to come with that to the point where you can, where God can trust you to be confident to know that you are for sure where to go. And the reason why that's important is because he, if he had went to another mountain to sacrifice his son, he would have sacrificed his son because the realm wouldn't have necessarily been caught in the thicket. See, God will provide what we need, but we have to be prepared and hear him enough in order to get it. It's not like he's playing a game or anything. It's just that even in a natural relationship with your children, you're not going to give them everything that they need up front. They're going to have to learn by and by how to get to those things. They're going to have to learn by and by how to earn, um, you know, things in life and, you know, like. So so at the end of the day, it's just a test of our faith. God puts an investment in us. He wants to see, do we truly believe him or are we just having our hand out? Just 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 want things of him. But we don't want his precepts. We don't want his word. We don't want, you know, his will. We don't want his way. So we got to practice saying, nevertheless, not our will, but your way. You know, God, and whatever it is that you would have me to do, it may not always feel uncomfortable. It may not always feel comfortable. I may not like the the process, but you know my end before the beginning. So you know the outcome and you know the way that I should take. So that's walking by faith and not by sight and trusting that he has our best interest because he loves us and he's a loving father. And so 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 Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. And so we have to ask ourselves, what did hinder us and cause us to lose our focus? And now it's causing us to sink. Right. So what does focus mean anyway? Is a noun It's the center of interest or activity, um, you know, so it's, it's literally whatever what whatever is your 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 center of focus, whatever you spend the most time on. And say, wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also, right? 
there's a definition, there's a sentence under the definitions that says this generation has made this environment a focus of intention of, of attention. So think about that. People are, are, and we talked about this in previous episodes, but people are manip- manipulated, so to speak, or I should say, I don't even want to say brainwashed, but that's kind of harsh, but people are so focused on what people think versus what God thinks. And so we have to get delivered from people's opinions, places, things, and ideas to where we don't create a, so- a social norm in our life and base our our spirit walk on a barometer of what someone else says it should be. That's why it's important to have our own relationship with God and have our own knowledge of what the word says, led by the Holy Spirit to bring us through all, you know, understanding and bring things back to our members and lead us to all truths. That is what the Holy Spirit does. So when a man lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, not man, not social media. You know, those things will cause us to sink if we put our focus on that, on the cares of this world. And a similar meaning to the word focus is center, focal point, central point, center of attention, hub, nucleus, heart, and my favorite one, cornerstone, because Jesus is the chief cornerstone. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 21, it says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly form, fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. So in other words, Jesus was the first stone. If you're looking at a building or an edifice, they say we're written epistles read by men. We're, we are walking buildings, if you will. We're walking books. We're walking, talking, breathing miracles, right? <clears throat> so if Jesus is our foundation, that means he would have been the first brick laid in the foundation. And we are being built upon him to create this holy vessel. And so that's the reason why we have to be fitly joined to him and to his precepts and to his way and to the word. And um, that's important for our focus. Our focus should not be on the cares of this world. That's why I always reference the scripture in Matthew 6, 33, first seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things should be added unto you. So that means your primary focus should always be what do God want me to do? in every situation. And when you begin to get comfortable asking those questions, because sometimes people are afraid of the answer because it means they're going to have to do something. And if it means you're going to have to do something, it means you're going to have to be accountable for something. Well, faith without works is dead. So guess what? I can believe all day, but I need to have work behind it. I need to actually do something to apply the wisdom that God has given me. That is knowledge. That is that wisdom is the application of knowledge. So if I'm unlearned or I don't know something, I need to ask of God to show me the way and he'll give us the tools that we need right that's the reason why everyone is not in the same profession that's the reason why everyone's not in the same field because you need to have someone who knows a little bit about this and a little bit about that so we can all be fitly joined together there's another scripture I'll have to find it another time but it talks about how um, we are hand like if, if, if I'm a hand and someone else is a foot it may not fit when you put them together, but it's a part of a whole body. And so it serves its purpose. And so you may, it doesn't mean that the hand is less or that the foot is less. I should say it doesn't mean that the foot is less because at the bottom of the body, it actually holds the body up. But technically, if the foot wasn't created to grab a hold of something, you know what I'm saying? So it ha- it serves a different purpose. So we have to find our purpose. And in, in, in Jesus will find our niche. He's given us a level, a measure of grace in wherever 
we need to fit in whatever vocation we are in. And so that's why we can never judge people of their past because the problem is you have no idea what stage they had to go through based on the vocation in their life, their calling on their life in order to get where they are. So they can fitly join with Jesus. Um, I'll take a sidebar here. I was actually looking at TikTok and there was a girl who had been um, dibbling, dabbling into witchcraft. And she was newly she was newly converted to Jesus Christ. And the crazy part was, I mean, you know, she really believed that dark lifestyle and one could sit there and judge her about all the stuff that she knows about it. But the blessing is that God will take the foolish things to confound the wise. He needs someone to be in every situation so that just like Jesus, when he died, he he thought Satan thought he was defeated, right? Jesus died though on purpose so he could have access to the enemy's camp. See, you have to have people that are built up in the enemy's camp so you can know the tax tactics of the enemy so you can keep the enemy close, right? They say, tell you to keep your enemies close so that you can keep an eye on them. Well, it's the same concept. If I have no idea what the enemy is doing, I have no way of defense, you know what I'm saying? I have no I have no strategic tactic for that particular thing that it would that he or she or it or whatever would try to attack me with. So in other words, she was a messenger of Satan at one point and turned her life over to Christ. And now she is an ambassador for Christ. So she knows both sides now. And it makes her very valuable because God knew that at some point in her life, the light switch was going to go off and she was going to fully accept him as Christ and her Lord and Savior. And he could use her and orchestrate her to, you know, be, you know, interesting and be popular on Facebook or uh, TikTok or wherever so that she could win more souls to Christ because people in that same lifestyle will be attracted to what she knows. And then all of a sudden now they're starting to hear light. So that's why we cannot judge people for their past, because you have no idea what paths and dips and valleys God will allow this person to go through so that eventually when they get to a place, when they actually do want to be saved, they can start bringing other people from that side to Jesus. So whatever your vocation is, it may seem dark for a while. It may seem like you may be out of place for a while, but never despise small beginnings. Because I tell you, God said he will allow things to happen so that his power can be revealed. I've referenced this before about Moses. Moses, um, you know, unfortunately was taken away from his mother, but they were smart in putting him in the water. Right. And so when he was put into the water, he was fetched out the water. And that's literally what his name means. Drawn out the water is Moses and was a Hebrew. And the the daughter of uh, the Pharaoh got him. I think it was either the daughter or the mother. Don't quote me. One of them got him. Um, I mean, daughter or sister. But one of them got him out, drew him out the water and said, well, this baby, you know, we must raise this baby as our own. So he was a, a Hebrew raised as an Egyptian so that he can get the intelligence so he can get the, the strategy and the know how. Right. But even though his heart was a Hebrew, he was a a uh, Egyptian in every other area. Why? So that God could have someone in the enemy's camp because he knew that he was going to have to have someone who could speak to both sides in order to let get set my people, let my people go. 
So that's why that's the broader picture. So if we look at the broader scope of things, you never know which side you're going to have to be on for a little while in order to let my people go in order for God to use you to to set the captive free. And so God said he told Moses, he said, look, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart purposely. So no matter what you say to him, he's not going to listen to you because I'm doing it. I'm hardening in his heart. And the whole purpose of this is so that my power can be revealed. So God could show his power to Pharaoh so he would know who God truly is. And that's the reason why all the pl plagues happen. And I believe that's why all the plagues are happening again with the COVID and the monkeypox and the, all these other things. God is not playing, y'all. And so it's time for us to get our focus back up or we going to sink right with all the rest of the world. And, 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 uh, and the sad part is the people that are saved and the people that do know this, it is our responsibility to spread the word of God so that people can stop sinking and, and realign their focus. And when I say realign their focus, really, I'm talking about realigning your faith. So that's what we have to make sure that we're on track with. So. That's why I love the, the, the similar word cornerstone to focus, because again, it lays the foundation of who Jesus Christ is. He is our cornerstone. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation where we fitly join to him and to ultimately build a holy temple unto the Lord. Right. And he's also an anchor. He's also a backbone. Right. The state of quality of having or producing a clear visual definition and um, that's another definition of focus, you know, so we can't produce anything without God. Right. So if I'm in God and I know his will and his precepts and his will for my life, then I'll have a clear definition of what my destiny should be. It may not happen right away. You may not get the revelation of your life right away when you start walking with God, but you'll have a clearer definition by and by as it go precept upon precept line upon line, eventually you'll get there. And it, you know, God's not, he, he's going to give you breadcrumbs at first. He'll feed you milk at first. And then he'll give you the meat of the word when you're ready for it. Now that was the noun definition, the verb, because verb means action. It says, um, when you're focused, it says of a person or their eyes, it means to adapt to a prevailing level of light and becoming able to see clearly. So, again, we're talking about eyes. Now, this is natural eyes, but in your in your spiritual eye, when, when we talk about that seeing in the spirit realm, uh, a tapping into the anointing, you're adapting to a prevailing, a, a prevailing level of light to see clearly. Right. So you're tapping into a spiritual realm and we all can do it. And Acts talks about how, you know, when they were all gathered together in one place, tongue, clothing tongues fell like fire and set on all of them. And they all began to speak with the Holy Spirit in their own language. And they heard their own language in spoken tongues. Right. And that was so that there could be no confusion. So in the spirit realm, we can communicate with one another no matter what language you have. And that is a universal language. And then you have some people have gifts who can interpret tongues and all that stuff like that. But the bottom line is that there's a higher level of light that we need to obtain when it comes to Jesus, because he is the light. So even though he's at the bottom of the building as the foundation, he's also the light shining down on it. That's amazing to me. And so we have to pay particular attention to Jesus. 
everything in the Bible is, in my opinion, from Genesis to Revelation, all talk about Jesus. So when folks say, oh, I don't believe in the Old Testament, or I just believe in the New Testament, and I just believe in Jesus, Jesus is in Genesis, okay? Because he is the word, and the word was with God, and that's it, that's all, right? So let's talk about the word sink before we go further. So the word sink means to go down below the surface of something, especially of a liquid, and become submerged with it, right? Or similar to that, become submerged, be engulfed, um, to descend, to drop. Similar to that means to fall, you know, something like that. So what I wanted to say about this, it was interesting to me, is that we talked about Peter, how he was first... His faith and focus was aligned. But then when he got distracted, he began to sink. So eventually, if he had not cried out to say, Jesus, save me, even though Jesus stretched his hand out and saved him and, and told him what his problem was, he said, oh, ye of little faith. So the reason why he began to sink was because he lost his faith. And the problem with us in life is sometimes when situations happen, we begin to go below the surface of our situation. So and unfortunately, our situations and circumstances start to overtake us and we start to lose our faith and our focus is then aligned on our problem versus aligned on the one who can solve it. And so I think that's and, it's, and I'm not saying this as if it's easy because I still struggle with that myself and Still trying to make sure I'm not focusing on what I feel or focusing on what someone said or someone did, but I focus on the remedy. So that that's 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 how you get credit in corporate America. When you come and there's a problem, you come with a solution. So Jesus is the solution to every problem that we have. And if we continue to focus on him and I'll keep saying that it'll be we're, we're not going to sink. We're not going to fail. We're not going to fall. It may appear that we descended. It may appear and maybe that could be the, the route that he wanted us to go. So if that be the case, you pray and pray and pray that something doesn't happen and it still happens. That means that God allowed that part to happen in order for something else to be complete. You know, another 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 brick to be laid to be fitly joined in an area of your life. That's why it's not always important to ask why something happened, because you may never get that answer. It's just the fact that it did and God still kept you through it. If you're still alive to tell the story, that means he kept you alive through whatever you went through. And there's a whole purpose behind it. And something Bishop T.D. Jakes said, um, he said that, you know, sometimes I believe it was Bishop T.D. Jakes. It was someone said that, you know, God will touch the area of your pain because that's the area that needs to be healed. And so it's going to hurt sometimes when you're going through because healing hurts. But in order for it, I mean, take a surgeon, for example. I hope no one has to have surgery. But if someone had ever had to have surgery, they put you to sleep because they don't want you to be in shock because it, it's a it's a very serious thing. And that's why they say that, you know, God heals us in our sleep a lot of times because it's a state of the closest state to being, you know, uh, being under anesthesia, if you will, in a natural sense. It's not that you can't feel pain while you're sleeping. It's just that you're not focused on that. Your, fo your body is focused on rest. So you're able to repair quickly while you're, you know, or quicker, I should say, while you're asleep. And so the pain, the, the painful area can be touched while you're sleeping and you're not, you're less likely to be more aware of that. 
So I want to switch over to Galatians 5 and 7. And I'm going to read it a couple times in a, in a couple different versions um, so we can move forward. Because Galatians 5, 7 in the King James Version says, You were running well. Who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? Right. And then it's and and so what I would say about that is that, you know, the truth we need to seek after is that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Right. But we we have to trust the process God allows us to take, but because he knows our end before our beginning. Right. So I said that earlier, but. A lot of time we seek things and we seek people and we seek ideals or we seek a replacement instead of seeking Jesus, whom is the truth. Right. So so what this is asking is you were running well for a little while, but then you got off course. What happened? Right. Same thing that Jesus asked Peter. What happened? Oh, you have little faith in Galatians in the Amplified version in five, seven says you were running the race nobly. Many, you were doing a good job. Who has interfered in your heeding and following the truth? Meaning who hindered and stopped you from continuing on the path of the faith that God has instilled in you? What happened? You know, um, Galatians 5 and 7. And this is the Phillips version. I've never heard of this version, but it says um, you were making splendid process. Who put you off the course you had set for the truth? That sort of persuasion. There go there goes Satan and his persuasion. Right. That sort of persuasion does not come from the one who is calling you. So it didn't come from Jesus. Alas, it takes only a little leaven to affect the whole lump. I feel confident in the Lord that you were not you will not take any final any fatal step. But whoever it is who is worrying you will have a serious charge to answer one day. I really like that version. That is amazing. So I will probably be referring to that Phillips version a lot more because it gives you context on everything that's going on. It explains a little bit better. And it's saying like you were, you were running a splendid process. So maybe you just got saved and, and, and now you're seeking God's truth and you're seeking, you know, the word of God and what he says about you, that you are beloved and you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. And then all of a sudden Satan comes and says, yeah, but what about that one time you did this? Trying to put you into condemnation. Romans 8 tells us that there's no more condemnation to them that walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. If you're not subject to your flesh and falling in pursuit of what your flesh wants, flesh nature, meaning your human nature, like just doing anything you want to do willy nilly without having any consequence, then you're not subject to condemnation anymore. Now, there is conviction through the Holy Spirit when you do wrong, but that's the difference. You know, there is conviction. So it's not con condemnation or condemning you to death because you messed up. That's why grace and mercy comes in at. And so if you do sink, don't sink because you sank <laughs> into condemnation. Know that you can pick yourself back up in the word of God through the Holy Spirit and get your focus back. Right. So don't think that because you did sink that it's over with. God gives us another chance. Right. Because he's a loving father. And so it says that sort of pers persuasion does not come from one who is calling you. So that's why I say it's good to know the enemy. It's good to know what he's up to. It's good to know what he's capable of. So, you know, that this ain't this ain't God. God's not the author of confusion. I know the enemy. He he did that. Remember how we talked about in one of the other episodes that says, uh, you know, a good 
a good uh, farmer went to sow and um, they planted all the seeds of wheat. And then they went to sleep while they were sleeping, while they were defenseless, while they were getting a healing on. He sowed tares among the wheat. Remember we talked about that? So it's, it's similar, you know. And so what the enemy will want you to do is abort the mission. What he will want you to do is sink while you sink. <laughs> Instead of focus in your faith, he wants you to sink on top of sinking. He wants you to lose your faith and your hope and your peace and your joy. The devil is a lie. Not so. Right. That's why I say at last it takes only a little leaven to affect the whole lump. So it can just be little, little foxes that spoil the vine. We talked about that, too. Little foxes at the end of the vine. They just at the very bottom of the of the vine of the grapes, just getting the little grapes down, making the bottom grapes rotten. And then it all goes up. I'm sure you hold, you heard the old adage, um, don't let one apple, what did it say, one apple spoil a whole bunch or something like that. If a rotten apple gets into a bunch of apples, it potentially could be like contagious in a sense. So don't let a contagion of persuasion, I should say, affect your faith in one area. The enemy may speak lies in your ear and tell you that you'll never be anything because of you, you went to jail or you, you, you know, used to be a stripper or you used to be whatever, whatever it is, God can clean you up. He can make you new again. He can give you another chance. Don't ever think that just because a little leaven affected your life, that you can't get back the confidence, the full confidence in the Lord, that it's not a fatal step that you took. So whatever the situation is that's worrying you, Satan going to have to pay for his or whoever offended you. So that's why it's better to not offend someone because you going to have to pay for that offense too. Ain't nobody exempt. So in other words, what happened to your faith that would cause you to look at the facts of your situation and believe contrary to what God has told you to believe in faith, right? Maybe the pain you feel in your body but for a moment, knocked your focus off and you chose to sink in a place of what the doctor's report said. Right. The fact that you might be dealing with a real issue, but we have to know that God's word is the truth that really holds the power and holds the weight over our situations. But we have to believe in the word, which then we believe in Jesus, because, as I said earlier, he is the word that was with God and that was made flesh. So we can be the righteousness of God. So if our focus is on Jesus, then our faith will increase. Thus, be counted as righteous because we believe in God while he works out our kinks in our favor. Our focus on him will not allow us to sink. It won't allow us to sink in confusion and self-destruction and fear and failure and complacency and disobedience. We can choose to float even if we swim, even if... We can choose to float even if we can't swim. God will reveal a way in our situation that will get us to the shore of our faith now that we can truly stand on him. Right. And so the thing about it is the enemy would love to whisper things in our ears. Why is that? Because faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. So in other words, our faith is increased by hearing the word of God. So if Satan can get in our ears and tell us the lies that we believe that we believe, then our focus is off. It's off course. And then so is our faith. We have to choose this day 
not yesterday and can't worry about tomorrow, but this day, if we are going to stand in the rock of our salvation, whom is Jesus? No other name I know that is a strong tower. No other name I know that is an ark of safety where the righteous can run in and be safe from the cares of this world. All we have to do is believe and obey God's word and the Holy Spirit will show us the way for God's vision for our lives. So I tell you to focus or sink. I really would wish that you would focus and not sink. So I really hope and pray that this has given you a boost today and rejuvenated your faith and know that if you follow the word of God, I'm not telling you it's going to, you know, um, be completely, you're going to be completely whole the next day because sometimes things take time, right? Something one of my old pastors told me, he said, if it took you 40 years to mess up your life, give God a little bit more time to, to, to un to unmess it up. <laughs> Give God a little bit more time to to get things in order for you. Not that he can't do it overnight. It's just that he even created the earth in 7 days. So don't think that your day your your life is going to be changed in one day. Give God time. You know, give God time to sort some things out, right? And give yourself grace. Give yourself grace in your situations and know that this too shall pass. And guess what? I'm just going to get up and dust myself off and I'm going to try again. Because that's what we do every day. No, it's a race, but you don't have to run as swiftly. You know, you can walk if you have to. You can you can crawl if you have to. You can get assistance if you have to. But it's still it's still this life that we live. We can choose to focus on God or we can sink with the world. It's your choice. So I love you and I hope you enjoy. And until next time, be blessed. And thank you for tuning in. Bye.